Thank you and welcome you to this mini plenary session. We will start by observing a moment of silence for prayer and meditation. Thank you, honorable members. Honorable members, before we proceed, I would like to remind you that the virtual mini plenary is deemed to be in the precincts of parliament, and it does constitute a sitting of the National Assembly for debating purposes only. In addition to the rules for virtual sittings, members enjoy the same powers and privileges that apply in a sitting of the National Assembly. Members should equally note that anything said in the virtual platform is deemed to have been said to the House and it may be ruled upon. All members who have logged in shall be considered to be present and are requested to mute their microphones and only unmute it when recognized to speak. This is because the microphones are very sensitive and will pick up noise which might disturb the attention of other members. When recognized to speak, please unmute your microphone and connect your video. Members may use, may, apologies, members may make use of the icons on the bar at the bottom of their screens, which has an option that allows a member to put up his or her hand to raise a point of order. The Secretariat will assist me in alerting to members requesting to speak. When using the virtual system, members are urged to refrain or desist from unnecessary points of order or interjections. We shall now proceed to the order which is debate on vote number nine, planning, monitoring, and evaluation. I now recognize the Honorable Deputy Minister in the Presidency. The Honorable Deputy Minister. I'm trying to set my screen to be correct. Thank you, Chairperson of the session. It is a pleasure for me to present this budget vote on behalf of the Department of Planning, Monitoring and Evaluation, what we normally call DPME. The outbreak of the coronavirus and its effect on our livelihood has made us, made us to appreciate the smallest things in life. We can no longer take for granted the gift of life, health and wellness. The coronavirus has robbed many, many of us, of our loved ones, and, and, and as such chair and, and fellow South Africans, we have to manage and, and to minimize the death toll in South Africa. Every life which is lost is too many. Let me once again convey our heartfelt condolences to the family and friends of the late Minister Jackson Mutembo. He was a gentleman who led this department with excellence. We remember him for his larger than life personality. He was also a selfless, dedicated public servant. He was also dedicated to serving the nation. The world is poorer without him. May he rest in peace. South Africa has survived some of, of the worst atrocities 
And this has given us the experience that humankind can prevail over any other challenges. And in this current instance of the pandemic, we will be able to survive. We're already on the course to recovery fellow South Africans and chair. The vaccine program is underway and the economic reconstruction and recovery plan announced by the president in October last year outlines our way of how we are going to get out of the economic challenges brought by this pandemic, which is COVID-19. Our role as DPME is to ensure that government departments and state entities implement the integrated programs that advocates, that advances our national vision as articulated by the president during the State of the Nation Address. The department is mandated to institutionalize planning, development, and a robust monitoring system which must be backed by evidence and evaluation and an evaluation which is going to evaluate government programs. This must ensure that it contributes towards the national development plan, which is what normally we would call the NDP. Chairperson of the session, the NDP remains our, our radar and our leader as we make efforts to deal with the triple challenges, which is poverty, inequality, and unemployment. As the Department of Planning, Monitoring, and Evaluation, we are duty-bound to ensure that all government components and state-owned entities remain focused in their primary task of creating jobs, reduction of poverty, and also addressing inequality as expressed in the NDP. We recognize the need to further strengthen planning and improve the integration and organization of planning at all levels towards the realization of the country's developmental goals. To achieve these objectives, the Department of Planning, Monitoring and Evaluation will in the year ahead develop what you would call the integrated planning policy framework and also revise the integrated planning framework bill. We believe that a critical component of this project of institutionalizing planning is very important because special planning will assist us to fast track the task of revising and reversing apartheid special development patterns. And this will assist us to achieve special transformation and special injustice. To this end, we are working with the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development in finalizing the National Development Framework, which will enable the special element of the development agenda and complete the NDP and the MTSF. The MTSF is what you call the medium-term strategic framework. We welcome the review of the implementation of the NDP. The NDP is the National Development Plan by the National Planning Commission. The National Planning Commission is what you would call the NPC. The NPC has pointed out some of the gaps in implementation, and it has made recommendations that will inform the revitalization and ensuring that we're able to implement what you call the implementation strategy with 
which will be very credible and will assist us in delivery mechanisms and priorities. I am pleased, Chair and fellow South Africans, that the NDP review, as well as the, the end of term handover report has been submitted to cabinet. This is a step in a positive direction. As the term of the current NPC is coming to an end, we have a process for the appointment of new commissions, commi commi commissioners, if you'd call them that, who will, must be appointed for the year 2021 until the year 2026 term. Speaker, I wish chair, and I, I keep saying speaker, and I'm sorry about that. Yes, chair. I wish to express our gratitude to the outgoing commissioners for the remarkable work that they have done over the past five years. And, and, and as a department, we believe that their reports will be valuable in the development of future plans and implementation strategies. The outbreak of coronavirus and the pandemic in South Africa happened at a time when government was, was gearing itself for the implementation of the 2020-2021 financial year. In view of the COVID-19 disruptions and the, and, the, and, and the forced by nature lockdown, which we had to do as government, the DPME had to review and reprioritize aspects of the 2019-2024 medium-term strategic framework. This we had to do, fellow South Africans and members of parliament, to align them with the current challenges confronting our society. And in the main, it was the pandemic, and we had to ensure that we realign so that we can save lives and save livelihoods. The MTSF is a five-year government program through which the NDP Vision 2030 is implemented. It provides a framework for policy coherence, planning, budgeting, monitoring, and evaluation at national, sectoral, and institutional levels and across all spheres of government. And these spheres of government are three, would be national, provincial, and the district. And provincial. The 2019-2024 MTSF is structured according to the seven priorities and aligned to the electoral mandate of the governing party. This forms part of the basis of the program of this six administration. This new implementation paradigm is a radical shift to a comprehensive framework that is inclusive of resourcing, integration of all public sector institutions and social partners. The 2019-2024 MTSF combines the NDP, the NDP's five-year implementation plan with a revamped integrated monitoring system and accountability framework. The MTSF is translated into the seven, seven apex priorities of this sixth administration, which assist us to be able to put action into deliverables. What are these seven priorities? It's a capable, ethical, and a developmental state, economic transformation and job creation, education, skills, and health, consolidating the social wage through reliable and quality basic services, special integration, human settlement, and local government. 
social cohesion and safe communities. And the last one is a better Africa and the world. It further prioritizes this sixth administration, the empowerment of women, youth, and persons with disability across all seven pri priority areas as integral to the achievement of our constitutional vision of a more equitable and inclusive society. Government's program of action include the annual performance plan, which you would want to call the APP. And this is done by all departments. It is aligned with the seven priorities. Now, what it means is that the APPs of all departments in the country are aligned to the seven priorities, which are a priority of this sixth administration. The Department of Planning, Monitoring and Evaluation will be monitoring how government department and state-owned entities are implementing the seven priorities in their respective sectors. We will produce regular reports and recommend corrective measures where there is a failure we will also ensure that they implement these priorities. The top, the top priority of a capable, ethical, and developmental state, you remember that the first one that I mentioned when I spoke about the seven priorities is that the first one is a capable, ethical, and developmental state underpins all seven priorities of the medium-term strategic framework and is the most important to work for us as DPME. One of the fundamental elements in building a capable state is a public service that has the requisite human capabilities. This public service must also have institutional capacity and it must be able to attend to systems which will be able to deliver on the national imperatives as, as, as outlined in the National Development Plan 2030. As part of ensuring good governance and accountability, government departments are required to be well capacitated and, and that the vacancy rate should be lower than 10%. This we continue to advocate and remind departments that vacancy rate must be lower than 10%. The DPME, in our case, our vacancy rate is far lower than this this threshold. And we're really proud and happy about it. So when we speak to other departments, we remind them that we have set you an example as DPM in the presidency. Can you follow suit and ensure that your vacancy rate is less than 10%? We also ensure as the Department of Planning, Monitoring and Evaluation, that gender parity remains well balanced with women being the majority in senior management. We are actually inviting your South Africans to come and benchmark and see that in our top management, women are at the top. The department attracts qualified, skilled, and dedicated personnel that helps us fulfill our mandate. This personnel also assists us to raise the bar higher and set new benchmarks for service delivery. We are pleased, Chair of the session, to announce that the DPME has ob obtained yet another clean audit from the Auditor General of South Africa. This we have registered. It's a consecutive eight-year clean audit as the department, and we are planning that we will not lower the bar. We will continue to do this. This reaffirms 
and epitomizes the DPME as an excellent model for public sector. And it also shows that we are well led. In line with the imperatives of priority one, the department developed a new national anti-corruption strategy. This strategy was developed through a comprehensive consultative process, which in involved civil society, academia, business, and various clusters of government. We will facilitate and monitor the implementation of the strategy during the MTSF period. With regard to priority two, we will produce performance reports on selected state-owned entities, what you'd call SOEs. And this we will do in the areas of water, energy, road infrastructure, broadband, and rail infrastructure. Government has embarked on a massive drive to build infrastructure in these areas that we have mentioned. And it is imperative and important for us as DPME that South Africans from all sectors of society benefit from this development. And therefore we need to ensure that we're very close to the process. We will also do the assessment of the availability, implementation and rollout of broadband network so that we can create an enabling environment for rapid, rapid expansion through licensing and increasing of the spectrum. This is in relation to the Department of Digital Technologies, Communication and Digital Technologies, and, and, and most importantly, CASA, you'd remember that we're in a process of ensuring that South Africans receive 5G to ensure that our people have access to ICT. When your people as a country have got access to ICT, it means that you are developing them and, and you are bringing services very closer to them. We're going to ensure that we do that. Among the factors that relate to priority three, monitoring systems will be put in place to set us on a path for phased implementation of the national health insurance. This is what you'd call the NHI. This will assist us to achieve universal health coverage for all South Africans by 2030. Our work will focus on the upgrade of public health facilities and reduction of costs for private health care. The cooperative manner in which both the private and public health care centers handled the COVID-19 pandemic is an affirmation chair that universal access is achievable and we remain committed to ensuring that it becomes a reality. One of the major injustice visited upon the people of South Africa was land dispossessed dispossession. Land reform in South Africa is aimed at resolving social, economic, and transformation, which is meant, which was informed as a result of historical injustice. The DPME sits in the Interministerial Committee for Land Reform and forms part of the technical team what is the responsibility of this team and the DPME? It is responsible for producing monitoring reports on the land claims projects. We will continue producing these reports to keep South Africans, parliament, and all of us abreast 
with the development, and it must help us to ensure that the pace of land reform is in line with the timelines of the NDP, the National Development Plan. The adoption of the African continental free trade area is a major milestone towards the realization of priority seven. If you remember, I said the priority seven is about a better Africa in the world. This is envisaged as a step to a vital step in improving collaboration and cooperation. It is well ensuring that we foster integration increased trade and accelerating the building of a productive, capable and infrastructure amongst African continents. The DPME will monitor the implementation of the African continent free trade area, while at the same time identifying new areas of collaboration and greater microeconomic opportunities. Speak of the session, I could be dealing I could be de detailing the work we will be doing in each of the seven priorities. <laughs> but time will not allow me and I would go on and on and I speak forever. Suffice to say, every output, every deliver deliverable and a program within the DPME is aligned with these priorities. We will continue to guide departments at national and provincial level to ensure that strategic plans and APPs are aligned with the MTSF and key policy interventions such as the economic recovery and construction plan become a reality. The Department of Planning, Monitoring and Evaluation will continue to monitor their implementation of the MTSF and the economic reconstruction and recovery plan to track progress in the implementation of the intended outcomes and, pro and, and we produce periodic, periodic table. What we do is that in this record, this periodic uh, reports from now and then we are going to give them to South Africans, we are going to bring them to parliament, we are also going to take them to cabinet so that you, are, you keep abreast in relation to our work and what is it that, that we're doing. The DPME will continue to monitor the implementation of the MTSF and the Economic Reconstruction and Recovery Plan to track progress in the implementation of the intended outcomes and produce product reports. These reports will culminate into biannual MTSF integrated monitoring reports, which will be submitted to cabinet. These reports are vital in generating the ministerial scorecards. Let me repeat that. These reports are vital in generating the ministerial scorecards, which will be key in the performance as assessment of members of cabinet. What we are saying to South Africans is that as DPME, we've got a model and a tool of ensuring that the members of cabinet are held accountable and we're able to assess their performance. And this is one, one issue which every time when we come to parliament, we know you keep reminding us, are you monitoring them? How is their performance? We've got a plan. The NDP serves as the platform through which, gov which government localizes its international, continental and regional commitments. A recent analysis by the United Nations Development Program, what you would call the UNDP, 
indicates that there is a 74% level of alignment between the NDP, the AU Agenda 2063, and the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. This report will be submitted to cabinet in due course. DPME, through the NPC Secretariat, is responsible for the coordinating mechanism for sustainable development in the country as adopted by cabinet in 2019. A voluntary national review on the SDG, which the SDG in this regard would mean the Sustainable Development Goals, reporting on AU Agenda 2063, the regional integrating, inter integration across the, the SADC South African Development Community, other sustainable development plans, as well as the NDP. We are going to, the end, they are, now what is going to happen here, just to clarify, is that they are going to produce a mechanism which is going to include all the entities which I've, I, I have identified, and this is going to be, to be done by, through the NPC's uh, secretariat. The NPC is the National Planning Commission. Through our public sector monitoring and capacity building program, we will continue to work directly with communities to enhance service delivery. We will intensify our efforts to position the presidential hotline as the gateway to government services. The presidential headline chair facilitates communication between government and, the, and citizenry in order to find solutions to service delivery challenges. Our objective is to ensure that the majority of service delivery complaints are resolved quickly. In fact, what we have been able to do, fellow South Africans and members of parliament is that through we have relaunched the presidential hotline. We have modernized it so that our people can utilize it in a, in a, more, in, in a more better way. And daily we continue to ensure that we improve on the service so that South Africans can be able to communicate with us as the presidency in, in DPME so that we can assist in, in, in solving their concerns, of course, with other departments. The DPME coordinates the evaluation of policies, programs, and processes across the public service in order to support the developmental impact of government. Considering the change context, the DPME has initiated a process to, re to revise the National Evaluation Plan 2020-2025. I'm requesting that I repeat this. The DPME has initiated a process to revise the National Evaluation Plan of 2020-2025. This we are doing in order to align with the available resources and, the and, and emerging priorities following COVID-19 and the disruptions that came with the pandemic and the revised MTSF. The MTSF is the medium-term strategic framework. All evaluations in the National Evaluation Plan are implemented through partnerships with the custodian departments. We are happy to see that partner departments have used the evaluation results to, intro to introduce and improve their systems and create value for citizens. 
Honorable Sorry. Deputy Minister, your time is now expired. Thank you. I told them in this speech, they are very long. Very long. The next speaker is the Honorable James. Honorable Chair, Honorable Deputy Minister, Honorable Members, Government understands the need and implications of monitoring and evaluation, which assist us with identifying the most valuable and efficient use of government resources. It provides useful information for better strategic planning to design and implement government programs and to allocate government resources and appropriations in better ways and where they are needed most. That is why we recognize its importance and will always ensure for robust monitoring systems backed by evidence to allow for effective monitoring and evaluation of the medium-term strategic framework to assist, assess effective implementation of government policies. This is significant to assess the impact our policies have on masses of our people. For as revolutionaries, our primary objective is to bring about change to our people, to uplift them out of current socio-economic condition they find themselves in. Noting that NDP is our planning framework for a developmental capable state, and fully reaching the goals in the ATP will bring out social and economic change to our country. Building a capable uh, development state is responsible for the needs of its population and the development state that bring about economic transformation and job creation to see to the well-being of its citizens. We acknowledge the micro-planning and coordination is crucial in implementation of government policies as it assists government to decide how the goals of the NDP can be attained. We have set out clear recommendations in the NDP to build a capable state. The department therefore plays a crucial role to allow for a better macro policy coherence, coordination of planning systems in the medium term to improve government outcomes to society and evaluate critical government programs with the intention to inform planning and monitoring and monitoring government interventions as well as budget prioritization. As the ANC, we recognize that the need to improve and strengthen government planning and coordination enlisted, uh, to, uh, enlisted that to be the one of our priorities so that the department may be able to achieve their medium-term goals. DPME is pivotal in supporting implementation of government programs that bring about change to our economy and society to stimulate investment, and also local activity. This is done through the steering of various operations that are adamant in bringing about structural change, such as Operation Vulindlela, in achieving higher rates of growth in our economy 
and to stimulate uh, employment and investment in our country through various sectors of our economy, including electricity, water, telecommunications, and transport sectors. In attaining government goals through medium term, the department has adopted uh, the department has adopted what it will utilize the program of action monitoring systems, which will identify critical steps that are to be taken to attain government goals, and the program of action will enable the department report to Parliament biannual regarding the implementation of the M. TSF. As the ANC in the committee, we welcome the budget allocation of the department and note that it is progressive. In the 2020-2021 uh, financial year, the department received an allocation of 400 million. And for this financial year, 2021-2022, the department has been allocated 453.9 million rand. There is an additional 53.9 million to the budget allocation and compared to the previous financial year, and it will increase over the medium term. The department has received an increase throughout its various departments. This is to ensure for better coordination and planning in the department to assist other government departments in executing their programs. The COVID-19 uh, pandemic had a devastating impact on the government department and the delivery of services and the economy. The budget allocation is enabling one uh, as it will enable the department to provide innovative and predictable planning paradigm and discipline within and across the fears of government. This will also bring about improvements in integrated planning and, 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 and implementation across departments and spheres of government. Furthermore, it will allow for better policy implementation. The budget is a tool that will assist the department to implement SONA priorities and monitor the implementation of the economic reconstruction and recovery plan. With the budget allocations, we are optimistic that the department will improve its previous monitoring and evaluation tools and will be able to come up with creative measures to better measure SONA priorities and the impact thereof. As the ANC, we commend the department for having acted swiftly in response to COVID-19 pandemic through the prioritization of programs and resources in tackling the pandemic. We have no doubt that it will allocate the budget. Sorry for that. We have no doubt it will allocate the budget. the department will be able to accelerate economic recovery from devastating effects of COVID-19 and implement uh, structural economic reforms to create sustainable jobs. 
This is in response to higher job losses experienced by citizens, which increase the unemployment rate to above 40%. Noting that the pandemic has exacerbated unemployment levels in the country, The economic recovery and recovery plan will budget allocation. We are optimistic that the department will improve monitoring and evaluation tools. As the ANC, we commend the government for swiftly acting in response to COVID-19 through prioritization of programs to tackle pandemic. We have no doubt that the allocated budget, the department will be able to accelerate economic recovery from devastating effects of COVID-19 and implement strategic reforms to create sustainable jobs. This is in response to higher job losses experienced by citizens, which increased the unemployment rate. In collaboration with Brand South Africa, we welcome the notion of repositioning Brand SA to be more appealing and enticing in its effort to market the country's brand locally and globally, to draw and increase foreign investment in the country, to stimulate economic growth and financial stability, and to increase job creation. Acknowledging the devastating effects that the pandemic had on the tourism industry, we therefore recommend that uh, the department brand SA should pursue a measure with the Department of Tourism to promote the country's brand locally and internationally to attract domestic and international tourism in the country. In conclusion, noting the importance of service delivery to our people, the ANC realizes that uh, providing proper coordinated planning, monitoring, and evaluation will better improve the implementation of government programs, which improves the quality of service delivery so that maximize the impact of service delivery. The ANC moved in support of vote nine of planning, monitoring, and evaluation. I thank you, uh, Honorable Chair. Thank you, Honorable Member. The next speaker is the Honorable Malazzi. Thanks, House Chairperson. Honorable members, there is so much that the Department of Planning, Monitoring and Evaluation can do, yet it achieves so little. All the while, so many things that go wrong in government could be avoided if this department did its job the right way. If the department conducted its planning as thoroughly as it should have, it would have anticipated that part of the COVID relief funding will be looted and put measures in place to prevent, if not minimize, the prospect of looting. If the department conducted its monitoring across all spheres of government as extensively as it should, it would have prevented the Eastern Cape Department of Health's shameless procurement of glorified wheelbarrows as medical scooters seemingly to transport patients and medication in rural areas. 
Equally so, it is fair and square to give credit where it's due. More so when we have used all the parliamentary avenues to hold the executive accountable for their promises. On that note, we welcome the conclusion of the ministerial performance agreements and their publication. As belated as their finalization was, with the department missing three consecutive self-imposed deadlines, it is still a welcome development. We hope that these performance agreements won't become a PR stand, but will be used to monitor ministerial performances, reward excellence, and most importantly, to fire the underperformers. Honorable members, one of the signature initiatives of this administration to showcase its bloated appetite for frenzy announcements was the plan to introduce lifestyle audits for ministers, their deputies, and director generals with the Department of Planning, Monitoring and Evaluation tasked with developing the framework for these lifestyle audits. It is now more than three years since the president announced the introduction of lifestyle audits for the executive. Yet there are no lifestyle audits in sight, not now, nor anytime soon. We know this because the deputy minister confessed during a recent oral question session that the Ramaphosa administration will once again fail to meet the extended deadline to finalize lifestyle audits for cabinet. The latest justification for the failure to meet one of its core promises was conveniently COVID-19. It is becoming increasingly clear that the consistent determination to push back the deadline is an indication of the political resistance to the introduction of lifestyle audits by some elements in cabinet and a faction in Lutili House. The DA appeals to President Ramaphosa to immediately finalize the lifestyle audits of cabinet members, deputy ministers, and director generals to guarantee all of us that those who are in government are not beneficiaries of unethical influence. If the testimonies at the Zondo Commission into allegations of state capture are anything to go by, the unholy alliance between cabinet ministers, senior civil servants, and corrupt individuals make them the protagonists in the axis of evil that continues to bedevil our, service, our civil service. This is why there needs to be real consequences for corrupt politicians conspiring with opportunistic civil servants to do business with the state. Genuine business people are robbed of fair opportunities to, be, to do business with the state when politicians and civil servants manipulate procurement processes to award tenders to their relatives, friends, and concubines. If this administration is serious about instilling good governance and ethical leadership in the state, it must outlaw politicians and their families from doing business with the state. If it is determined to appoint civil servants, who are fit for purpose, this department must take the lead in introducing legislation that blacklists officials who have been found guilty and dismissed for corruption and financial mismanagement while in government from ever being appointed in the civil service. Honorable members, like so many of this administration's big ideas and projects, Operation Pagisa was launched with so much spectacle, hyped as an initiative to fast track the implementation of solutions on critical development issues, more so poverty, unemployment, and inequality. Yet every possible indicator of the impact of Operation Pagisa on government's capacity to solve these critical issues shows that the project has failed to live up to its name of accelerating government solutions. 
Poverty continues to grow as a lifetime norm in millions of households across the country. More and more South Africans are increasingly enslaved to the frustration of unemployment. The situation is so dire that many others have given up looking for a job as there is no real prospect of employment in the foreseeable future. At the same time, inequality is growing. Right now, all evidence points to the obvious conclusion that Operation Pakisa has underdelivered spectacularly. And this sums up the fundamental problem with the ANC government. Every time it is confronted by a major socioeconomic issue, it comes up with a populist phrase to appear as if it is doing something noble about it. It is as if they think that merely naming every government program this way will produce the magic wind that will suddenly solve all of the problems they face. Honorable members, it is quite telling that the deputy minister had nothing substantive to say about the state of Brent SA. For an institution whose primary mandate is to promote and manage the brand of South Africa globally and locally, Brand SA's brand is in tatters. The entity hasn't been able to appoint a permanent CEO for more than two years now. The former acting CEO was seconded to that position for more than 24 months against the labor laws of our country because the board couldn't finalize the disciplinary case against the former CEO. It has had so many acting senior managers rotating in different executive positions in the last few months that its HR department can produce a cracker script for a comical show with those secondment letters. The ministry hasn't even filled critical vacancies in the board for more than six months. No state entity can function optimally without a permanent CEO, a permanent chief financial officer, a permanent chief marketing officer, and a fully constituted board. The only time we ever hear about Brand SA these days is only bad news. It limps from one crisis to another. If it's not senior staff members resigning over the shambolic state of the organization, it is the board and the minister entangled in a seemingly irreconcilable dispute over a moratorium to fill vacancies. The only people who seem confident about its future are the remaining board members for obvious reasons. For too long, board appointments at Brand SA were the soft lending to reward redundant ANC cadres with QC jobs. For all the nobility that Brand SA was established for, it has evolved into a symmetry where the careers of former ANC MPs meet their dignified burials. The reality is that Brand SA is on life support. It will soon die an immemorable death. The ongoing process of reconfiguring Brand SA, SA Tourism, and Invest SA into one institution will be the final nail in its coffin. And the presidency's lackadaisal attitudes towards resolving the problems currently besetting the institution affirms that the writing is on the wall. The fact that the presidency did not sign off Brand SA's annual performance plan before it was presented before the portfolio committee in time is yet another sign of a long list of incidents which shows that even the presidency has no confidence in the future of Brand SA. Honorable members, Brand SA is currently operating in a permanent state of suspense. It can't appoint new staff nor board members. It can't conduct its major business while the reconfiguration is underway. And Deputy Minister, 
While I understand that government has to be seen to be responsible by going through a process of exploring the reconfiguration of Brand SA to justify its unavoidable preference to close it, there is irrefutable proof of duplication of the execution of Brand SA's mandate elsewhere in the presidency. From the rising prominence of the roles of the presidential envoys on investment and tourism in marketing South Africa globally as an investment and tourist destination to the expansion of the presidency's PR machine through the government communications and information system to centralize promotion and brand management of government's work. The Ramaphosa administration has been persistently deliberate in dismantling the mandate of brand SA. So why delay the inevitable by insisting on continuing to keep Brand SA on life support? Well, the evidence points to the reality that government's plans to dispose of it soon. Shut this thing down immediately. Let's stop wasting taxpayers' money on it and formally transfer its mandate. Honorable members, we have to ask the question. What is the use of an acting minister if she's never available for the core business of the department? This is the second budget vote debate for, the new, for her new portfolio that Minister Nchaveni is missing without even the courtesy of an apology to the portfolio committee. And Deputy Minister, you mentioned that one of the priorities for the government was to build a better Africa and a better world. Yet each and every time there are human rights violations and allegations of vote rigging on the continent, this administration chooses to side with human rights abusers rather than victims of human rights abuse. Is this the way of building a better Africa and a better world? House Chairperson, thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Member. The next speaker is the Honorable Komane. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Chair, the EFF rejects the proposed budget for the Department of Planning, Monitoring, and Evaluation. There is no need for this department to exist, and we have said it. We have said this before. We understand that at some point, ministerial positions were created to give comrades jobs in cabinet, but we have to remove some of these positions as they serve no purpose and add no value. As the EFF, we have consistently demonstrated that there is no use for this department, that, ha that it has failed to establish its purpose, its capacity, and it has failed to establish a framework in terms of how it works across all levels of government. There is coherent, practical, and decisive way, way, uh, way to plan anything in government, let alone monitor and, and evaluate. For one to evaluate, there must be service delivery, Chairperson. There is no service delivery in Musina, in Tropwe, in Mamusa, in Inkangala, in Soweto, in Umsabo Yalingan, in Sushanguve. Our people do not have water, do not have houses, there is no electricity and many other basic services. We have of recently saw the, the elderly are closing the R556 in the Northwest Makoloko chair because of service delivery, yet we insist on this department. The misguided national development plan that continues as the basis for the functioning of this government set in the 2030, we will have a South Africa we, we all want to live in, and the department had plans. 
the whole plan was dependent on an average 5.4 annual annual growth that will that will have failed thus far and with just less than nine years it is clear for all this that we are not going to achieve this we have given we have given coherent sober cogent guidance before as early as 2015 we said that there is no need to have a separate department of economic development from the department of trade and industry they didn't listen it took more than five years to appreciate the EFF superior logic, Chairperson. We are repeating ourselves here, ourselves here again. Close this ministry and redirect its budget to Statistics South Africa. South Africa does not have basic information to which we can use to plan anything practical, Chairperson. The deliberate collapse of State SA undermines any efforts to build capacity to plan, let alone monitor the process of service delivery. To avoid the inconsistency, incoherence, and possible duplication, a central government plan must be based on the same data set of which only states as a can produce with some credibility. Hence, we argue that this department must be closed. But there are, but there are politics to planning, monitoring, and evaluating any government plan that will give our people jobs give our people's, people houses, electricity, water, education, and healthcare with a capacity to focus on primary healthcare. We must first resolve the land question, Shepherson, and then we will be able to plan. The land must be in the custody of the state. Any plan that is based on the current land use is going to fail. We must agree that any plan must be based on playing as far more significant role in the economy particularly in control and command of strategic sectors. Do this, I mean, to, I mean, to do this, we must nationalize mines and banks. We must agree that the state and government must build capacity to plan, monitor and evaluate instead of depending on consultants. We must agree that for any viable plan to be implemented, there must be equality, there must be quality education, there must be healthcare, houses and sanitation, all of which will need proper plans. Lastly, Chairperson, we need to have an open, accountable, corrupt-free government and society to, so that we, when we plan, not so that when plans are not implemented, we can hold people to account. These are the key political principles, final pillars of the EFF, which we can all agree that for any society to succeed in planning this. These are non-negotiable. Chairperson, the EFF rejects the budget vote. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Member. The next speaker is Honorable Mumalu. Um, thank you very much, Honorable Chair, Honorable Deputy Minister, Honorable Members. Uh, Chair, the hopes and dreams held by most South Africans in 1994 largely remain unfulfilled. The promises of social economic transformation that came with democracy have left the majority disappointed, hopeless, and marginalized. Yet, the country has moved from one development blueprint to the next, indicating that our problem is not necessarily the lack of planning, but rather a case of poor implementation. While we have sailed from the RDP, GIA, AXISA, NGP, 
and finally the NDP. What is what is clear is that there is no there is poor implement, implementation, worsening by the general lack of capacity to deliver on ambitious promises made in every election year. We acknowledge the functions of the department to facilitate, influence, and support effective planning, monitoring, and evaluation of government programs, aid at improving service delivery outcomes, and the impact on society. As laudable as this will sound, we believe that part of this mandate includes an understanding of the capacity of the state to deliver on promises, goods, and services. We find the department really lacking in this regard, Honorable Chair. The IFP notes with dismay the continuous use of packet system toilets in South Africa. Now, 27 years after the end of democracy, of apartheid, I mean to say, we are aware of the existence of thousands of households using this inhumane system, which not only strips people of their dignity, but continues to be a health and a risk hazard. According to the recent numbers from Statistics South Africa, more than 4,000 households were still using the packet system in 2019. We do acknowledge that there has been a decline in the number of households that were using this system of toilet over the years, yet this remains uh, unacceptable. The continued existence of such facilities is a disgrace to our nation. The COVID-19 pandemic has, further, has, has a further threat to service delivery that is likely to derail the NDP targets. The pandemic, however, is rocking a ship that was already sailing in troubled waters. This, the fiscal crisis at different levels of government and within the various SOCs, SOEs partly contributed to the failure to service delivery. Poverty, inequality, unemployment remains a big challenge, and without proper implementation of existing policies, these are set to increase. There is no better time than the present to deliver South, Africa, South Africans and deal with the triple threat of poverty, inequality, and unemployment. The pandemic has negatively affected people's livelihood and has worsened already existing problems. We are a, a country in crisis. In conclusion, Chair and Honorable Deputy Minister, Honorable Members, the IFP, as in previous years, of the, is of the view that the department of, um, of this department needs to rethink and redress its implement, implementation strategies. The IFP supports the budget. Thank you, um, Chair Florey. Thank you, Honorable Member. The next speaker is the Honorable Denner. Thank you, House Chair. House Chair, the Department of Planning, Monitoring and Evaluation plays a direct guiding role in government's long-term planning, strategic planning and annual performance planning. This role requires providing evidence-based input on cross-cutting issues that have long-term implications for development. But House Chair, is this the case? Does this department truly ensure that proper planning is done on all levels, that the implementation of these plans are monitored and that outcomes and those who are responsible for them are evaluated so proper steps can be taken in accordance with these outcomes? I will, I will get to the futile evaluation process of government departments later, but first I want to speak to socio-economic impact studies signed off by this department. Case in point, the socio-economic impact assessment done for the Employment Equity Amendment Bill, currently serving before the Portfolio Committee of Employment and Labour. As a member of this uh, Portfolio Committee, I'm shocked at the quality of the CIA for this amendment bill, as well as the CIA for the Quaid Amendment Bill, which was finalised in 2015, although the bill is only now before Parliament. This CIA does not account for any changes in the last six years. The compensation fund alone has had two system changes in this time. 
The responsibility to ensure that evidence and knowledge-based reports are provided for both proper public participation as well as legislative processes should not be taken lightly. Socioeconomic impact assessments for legislation in South Africa falls far short from international best practice. I dare say they are propaganda pieces smattered with confirmation bias without objective data comparisons or proper financial impact assessments. These reports are not worth the paper they are written on and the Department of Planning, Monitoring and Evaluation who sign off on these assessments should be ashamed. It is your responsibility to ensure quality data and you are failing. Voorzitter, daar kan geen debat daarover wees dat daar tekort aan dienstlevering op alle vlakke van regering is nie. Of dit nou binnenlandse sake is, waar geboortesertifikate wegraak of paspoort aansoeken wat maande dier, tot die werkloosheidsverzekeringsfonds en die ongevallen commissaris, tot op grondvlak waar vullis nie verweider word nie en slaggate op paie letterlik mense sy levenskoos. Hospitals have become mortuaries where patients go to die even during routine procedures. There is a lack of medicine and equipment in hospitals, and in most cases, these necessities are somewhere forgotten in a storeroom, even during a pandemic. Given these realities, it is astounding that up until recently, most government officials and departments received 100% of their annual performance bonuses based on performance assessments. How can this be? This department should have, through its monitoring, identified these discrepancies. For if there is such a glaring lack of service, there is obviously a lack of performance. We also have political heads of departments, ministers who should ensure that the people of South Africa receive services, that corruption does not happen, and that there is compliance with laws and regulations. Many ministers blame officials like DGs for these transgressions, for crises and for non-performance. These very ministers are the ones that sign off on the performance bonuses of these officials. So if they blame them for non-performance, how do they sign off on 100% performance evaluations? There has also been much talk about the performance agreements of ministers themselves. It seems as if these performance agreements were concluded and published, but it stops there. When and how will the Honourable President assess his ministers based on these agreements? And what will the consequences be for a minister who does not perform? And will these outcomes of these assessments be made public? One of the reasons for the total collapse of South Africa is a lack of accountability. Although the taxpayer pays hundreds of billions of rands to fund deputy ministers, the question remains, what is the function of a deputy minister? In many cases, ministers have still not officially delegated any responsibilities to their deputies, which again leads to a lack of firstly evaluation and secondly accountability. The problem is that certain plans fail, but because of the failure of this department, the same thing is done in all departments over and over again with the expectation of different results. Planning, monitoring and evaluation should ultimately lead to and ensure accountability. In the South African government, there is a sore lack of accountability, and it begs the question then, has this department succeeded in its mandate? I think not. Thank you, House Chair. Thank you, Honourable Member. The next speaker is the Honourable Kiwi. The next speaker is the Honourable Kiwi from the ANC. 
Thank you, thank you, uh, Honorable House Chair, Honorable Chair, Honorable Minister and Deputy Minister, or Honorable Members and fellow South Africans. The central focus of the budget vote on planning, monitoring and evaluation must be its ability through the allocated resources to ensure effective planning, monitoring and evaluation across departments and to provide the support in building a strong culture to plan, implement, enforce, monitor and evaluate to achieve the object objectives of the medium-term strategic framework. The core issues are governance, configuration of the state, a public service that can deliver to the needs of the people, efficiency and effectiveness of our administration supported by a clear accountability framework. The main goal of state transformation as articulated in the ANC strategy and tactics is building a developmental state that provides effective basic services and with capabilities to take forward a far-reaching agenda of national economic development, whilst at the same time placing people and their involvement at the center of this process. This objective is the guiding principle for the ANC's management of the state. Quality service delivery aimed at uplifting the living conditions of our people is a priority of the ANC government. We have undertaken to build a capable developmental state, strengthening capacity and capability designed to meet the needs of the people through strong governance and oversight of public institutions. We have committed to improving integrated planning and implementation across government departments. The department, uh, the departmental program of national planning coordination is vested with the responsibility of developing and implementing planning frameworks and facilitating the alignment of planning and budget functions across departments. This is in pursuit of the goals that we set for ourselves in the NDP, a state that is both capable and plays a developmental role in the lives of our people, shapes the national agenda and draws the, national, the nation forward. For the department to attain its goals, the program has been allocated 80 million, which is a significant increase compared to the allocation of the previous financial year. The revised annual performance plans have been aligned to the MTSF and the Economic Reconstruction and Recovery Plan. The integrated framework bill that will be finalized by the end of this financial year will enforce coordination, collaboration, and coherence of planning and budget across the spheres of government. This in turn strengthens state capacity in the implementation process. The signing of performance agreements between heads and departments and ministers has taken place. We note that 
there is a need to strengthen capacity monitoring to assess coherence to policy in the performance management and development system for senior management and across government departments. Honorable Chair, an allocation of the 54.8 million to the department, uh, to the departmental sub programs of monitoring and support is to strengthen the implementation of the ministerial and head of department performance management uh, development system. The budget vote responds to the COVID-19 pandemic. It has also ensured proper planning, coherence, and coordination, even during the most distressed of times, and ensured that the readjusted annual performance plans and programs are still aligned to policy mandates and delivered to the needs of our people. With proper monitoring and evaluation tools in place, the department managed to assess the impact of COVID-19 on, on the country. This demonstrated the usefulness of the district developmental uh, model, which seeks to improve the coherence and impact of government service delivery. The DDM is the proactive response to the issues that have hampered our society. Honorable Chair, as the ANC, we move in support of the vote as it places great emphasis on the sonar commitments, among which is to fight against the COVID-19 pandemic. This also includes the monitoring of the implementation of the NDP. Understanding the importance of clear national and provincial spatial plans aligned with municipal spatial development frameworks. The process is still yet to complete transfer of national spatial development framework to department. Uh, the president remains the strategic, uh, this presidency remains the strategic center of governance. The strategic center must be the central driver of the developmental state and the following core. Core resource-based administrative functions must from part of the center of government to support the strategic center. As part of the state macro policy and planning, budget and resource allocation and prioritization, cooperative governance, public services, and performance monitoring and evaluation are central issues that the department must be seized with as, they, as these areas determine the functioning of the administration of the state. Honorable Chair, the DPME must be strengthened focusing on macro policy coherence and planning, policy impact assessment, resource prioritization, linked to budget strategy, mandate paper, and spatial planning. IDPs should remain the central planning tool in which all other spheres of government participate to address alignment of planning both bottom-up and top-down. Alignment of planning cycle and budget cycles, especially with respect to local government, remains crucial. Planning must result, result 
in a predictable uh, planning uh, paradigm and discipline within uh, across uh, the spheres of government. Clear national and province, provincial spatial plans aligned with municipal spatial development framework and municipal land use management plans uh, remains crucial. Streamlined coordination structures with clear roles and responsibilities in planning, budgeting, integration of plans and implementation modalities must remain our goals. The strengthening of inter-sphere institutional coordination mechanisms remain critical and clear operational and implementation systems, processes and uh, and the modalities must remain the priority. Honorable Chair, we are a country that is adamant on bringing about change, ensuring that our programs and policies are responsive and have a direct impact to our society. We acknowledge the damage brought by the pandemic. We remain resolute in rebuilding our economy to serve all South Africans. We remain resolute in building a capable public service that will work tirelessly in fighting the high levels of poverty, poor access to service delivery by ensuring that South Africans from all corners of our land have access to their most basic needs. The creation of jobs can never be stressed enough, particularly amongst our youth. We have to rebuild the economy so that our youth may find it intact and not inherit the burdened and debt and a poor economy. We will not deter, but we will continue to find innovative measures to strengthen our economy. The African National Congress supports vote nine of planning, monitoring, and evaluation. I thank you, Honorable Chair. Thank you, Honorable Member. The next speaker is the Honorable CBC. Thank you, Honorable House Chair. The National Freedom Party welcomes the department's budget and like to emphasize on importance of the integrated MTSF monitoring and reporting system that will track progress and support implementation across all departments. We also encourage the department to swiftly move with speed towards finalization of an integrated planning framework bill, having incorporated lesson learned through the district development model piloted, completed in March 2021. The bill will enforce coordination, collaboration, and coherence of planning and budgets across the three spheres of government. We learn that the department will be monitoring social relief and economic support package to the value of 500 million towards a relief fund. Which social relief is the department going to be monitoring? Lastly, we note the repositioning of brand South Africa to be more appealing in a broader spectrum, but in concurrence, with the portfolio committee would like to echo the sentiment that urged the minister and brand South Africa to in- conclude an ongoing discussion of a possible merger between Tourism SA and Brand SA. A proper analysis must be conducted to ascertain whether any job loses will result of this merger. 
We must fight to stop the shredding of jobs in the public sector by any means necessary. It makes it difficult for a government to be at the forefront of job creation if people are losing jobs in the sector. Thank you, House Chair. The NFP will support the budget vote nine. Thank you, Honorable Member. The next speaker is the Honorable Lasoma. Um, thank you, Honorable House Chair, Honorable Members, Honorable Ministers present in this vote debate. Uh, good, good day. As the ANC at a first instance, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members, we must state that while we note that the transfer of national special development framework to the department must still be completed, internal capacity to drive special reforms for the country is very necessary. The ANC will continue to support the department and to exercise oversight so as to ensure that planning is informed by government's program of action and the medium-term strategic framework. The ANC Honorable Chair supports the vote nine, as it were. But let me just deal with the minor housekeeping matters, Chair, that as the ANC and the committee, we, we have committed ourselves to have a joint meeting with the Tourism uh, Portfolio Committee and the uh, both minister and the acting minister who's, who's oversighting under DPSA to ensure that there is stability and certainty within Brand SA, as it were. Since then, the pending vacancies that it's outstanding, which we raise as a matter of ages, that it needs, it poses a risk in terms of compliance and good corporate governance within the Brent SA as an entity. Honorable Chair, when gathering to engage on the budget board of the Department of Planning and, Mon and, and Monitoring and Evolution, we frame our engagement on this board of funds informed by the fact that we are dealing with an instrument of government that is, duly, is duty bound to reflect on the country's social economic policy priorities on the one hand and on the other hand, to have a, a, the ability to translate ANC and government policy priorities into the framework of the medium term strategic framework 2019-2024. This specialized department, hence there's still a need in, in, it will be a need even tomorrow for this department to exist is the one on, on whom we depend on direct and guide government's long-term planning, strategic planning, and annual performance planning as it were. This role requires providing evidence-based research and the production of facts on cross-cutting issues that have long-term implications for the development of the country. To guide this process, we expect the, to receive an a, an a, a NDP five-year impl implementation plan to provide a medium-term roadmap which will inform the basis for developing five-year departmental plans throughout the government. These five-year plans respond to the governing party manifesto of 2019-2024, and the realization of the NDP priorities and such a five-year plan serves as a monitoring tool or framework for the oversight informed by the department's own program of action reporting system that they've developed. On the review of the National Development Plan in 20, 2011, at the adoption of the National Development Plan, which is NDP, it was understood that NDP will require to be reviewed on a regular basis. While it did not happen, we welcome the fact that a few months, few years back, a review was announced. Reviewing the NDP gives us an opportunity to assess the assumptions we, we had almost 10 years ago. Our social economic development targets and, 
and specifically the development of programs to deal with the poverty, creating jobs and reducing inequality by 2030 has had to be carried out under a changing concrete conditions, which have had an impact on the original 2011 assumptions. That is why, uh, honorable members and honorable chair, house chair, that a roadmap and the approach to the integrated uh, planning bill were looking forward for the bill to be tabled before parliament. The National Planning Commission was tasked with reviewing some aspects of the NDP to address certain implementation challenges. Critically, and a matter the governing party has been raising in the need to review the capacity and capability of the state in measuring the implementation of the NDP. We are pleased that the National Planning Coordination sub-program provides us and it does respond adequately. On the assessment reports produced by the department, these are core to our oversight work and require far closer scrutiny based on the outcomes of this assessment, the key delivery priorities are identified together with the National Treasury for funding and of national departments. Our oversight work needs to focus on this since this input shape what we eventually deal with in, in the quarterly basis or quarterly reports that we receive from various departments, in particular DPME, and as we are now doing in the budget post debate because we are not only approving or asking the House to adopt the budget vote nine, but also we assess and take stock on its work or predetermined objective that they promised themselves in the year that was. We welcome the planned intervention program to support service delivery. The fallout from communities over poor service delivery has the potential to result in an alienation between communities and government, and this can never assist the nature and the character of the society we are trying to construct. The promised two reports per year over the MTTEF period to monitor the impact of policy priorities in relation to actual service delivery through various frontline monitoring programs, including targeted sites visits, citizen-based monitoring, and the presidential hotline are one of the vehicles must be welcomed. And we wait for, for the first one to interrogate and assess whether it matches our experience as public representatives through our oversight work, which we do even during our constituency period. We note that this will include the development of a new monitoring model to replace the management performance assessment tool and support the annual development and assessment of performance agreements of heads of departments. On research and development, we welcome the commitment by the department that over the medium term, the department plans to produce 10 evidence reports on indicators related to evaluation as well as research and development. Honorable House Chair and Honorable Members, we need to create a sufficient time to interrogate these reports as the committee, but also get public feedback, can assess just how relevant these reports are in bringing about the qualitative change in the lives of our people that we serve. On the actual vote of funds and where the allocation of this will go in future, we are pleased that the focus goes towards strengthening planning and budgeting functions to support government priorities and strengthening the production of evidence-based reports for planning, monitoring, and evaluation systems. On looking forward, we need to receive the integrated planning framework bill, which I spoke about in my introductory uh, uh, remark chairperson as soon as possible so that we address through our oversight just 
how effective the department is with regard enforcing coordination, collaboration, and coherence of planning and budgets across three spheres of government as it were. Our concerns remain about the lack of monitoring tool to monitor some critical state-owned enterprises as per the previous SONA priorities announced by the president. In addition to what the Department of Public Enterprises may do and their scope only covers a small percentage of the big SOEs, the department must take on far more responsibility to monitor the SOEs as important pillars in the, in the economy. Hence, the, the integrated planning framework bill will assist, will operationalize that responsibility on local government monitoring and evaluation. There is a growing concern given the historic evidence of interventions. Whether these interventions are having the desired outcome, we need the department to document case studies aimed at strengthening weaknesses leading to future interventions in the public administration use of case studies on lessons learned can improve and strengthen policies of programs as well as the nature of the interventions that are required. We would expect far more to be coming from the department in this regard, given the state of local government, and it is not that we do not understand what causes this problem. Again, Honorable House Chair, how Section 139 has been used in interventions has serious implications and lessons that we need to learn from, and we hope that the department in its assessments report will be bringing creative pros, pros, proposals to, to parliament for our engagement. COCTA and National Treasury are working on this in collaboration manner, and we would want to see the department adding strategic value to this work. The local government management improvement uh, model must be made to be an effective and efficient tool in dealing with the core challenges facing municipalities. Hence, with those reasons and having taken all that stock that the department is able to achieve in doing its oversight role in other departments and also laying a foundation in terms of having a assisted, assisting departments who have a manager, manager, measurable outputs. As the ANC Honorable House Chair, we support, support, uh, we support vote nine. Thank you very much, Honorable House Chair. Thank you, Honorable Member. I now invite the Honorable Deputy Minister in the Presidency. The Honorable Deputy Minister. Thank you, Chair. I'm going to try and ensure that I don't speak forever and I take time. Just, just a, few, a few clarity before I go into the technical questions which have been raised by members of, of this August House. One is to clarify that in the presidency, we have got entities. What are those entities? You've got the National Planning Commission, which is independent. You've got the Department of Planning, Monitoring and Evaluation, and is what we're speaking about today. You've got GCIS. Under GCIS, you've got two entities, which is MDDA and GCIS. Then you have got what you call state essay. And I'm going to request that I'm not gonna respond in relation to brand essay because today it's not about brand essay. DPSA, um, the Department of Planning, Monitoring and Evaluation is an independent institution, which is in the presidency. We will talk about the performance and what is happening in, in brand essay and MDDA and GCIS on Friday when we do that budget vote. Let me also register an apology and which is also, I, I, I want to apologize to the August House that when I started, 
I forgot to, to apologize on behalf of the minister that she had other commitments and therefore she could not form part of this meeting. This budget vote, which we are presenting today and we're requesting the house to accept and adopt the four, five, three million budget plan is a product of me and herself and the department having spoken together. So it's a collective product. The other issue is that you remember that in this sixth administration, the president committed to South Africans that what he's going to do is that he's going to give us tasks. Now, South Africans and, and members of the house and, and everybody who, who is watching is that you must go to the government website. We have got responsibilities, all of us. As a deputy minister, for example, I can tell you, you must go and look there. I'm giving an example with myself. All deputy ministers have got responsibilities. I'm responsible in the Department of Planning, Monitoring and Evaluation, for example, the component of frontline monitoring is tasked with myself to do it. MDDA and Brenda say, they lie with me. I have signed that commitment with the late minister before he could, he could pass on and, 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 and may his soul rest in peace. Now, the question in relation to what are the roles of deputy ministers, this sixth administration has ensured that they give us responsibilities so that we are able to understand what is it that we are supposed to do. Um, I would maybe, because I was, I was jotting down, I am sorry, members of the House and South Africans, I'm looking. In relation Mr. to- Minister. Honorable McGlua, why are you interrupting proceedings? Proceed, Honorable Deputy Minister. Okay, it's fine. Okay. Now, in relation to the lifestyle of, of cabinet members, and I'm, 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 I'm saying it even that time I spoke to South Africans and I said, we want, want to apologize that we could not, not meet the timeline which was set by the late minister. He came to parliament and we committed that we're going to, to ensure that there's a framework by the end of the 31st of, of March. Now, there are two things which happened. One was that the pandemic occurred. Also, the minister then passed away, and we want to apologize for that. But that also was giving us, so in the process of us coming to, to give it to South Africans, even to, to, to the Portfolio Committee and Parliament, that happened. COVID happened. is an unplanned thing. It's not an excuse. It's, it's, it's a process which happened, and therefore, we have committed that in the financial year of 2021-2022, by the end of the 2021-2022 financial year, we will, bring, we will bring the framework. We also clarified South Africans that ministers and deputy ministers, even if you do not necessarily have this particular framework, we take oath of office. In parliament, we declare right now in my own office, they have requested me that by the end of the 31st of May, I must declare, because you also declare where you are working. So in the presidency, I also declare. Now, what I'm saying is that we must not send a wrong perception to South Africans that if the framework is not there, therefore, ministers and deputy ministers, they do as they like. That is not necessarily true because we, 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 there's other forms which are also holding us accountable. But we agree that the framework is going to come and we have committed and we remain committed to that. Um... Our role as the Department of Planning, Monitoring and Evaluation is that we are not an implementing department. We are a policy department. What do we do? Now, you can't, if DPME does not exist, you will not have what you call APPs. I want to make it simple. 
what we do, if you remember in the speech, when I started speaking, I said, you have got your, 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 your NDP goals, you have got targets, by the way, you have got your seven priorities of government, you have got your, your, your agenda 2063, which speaks to us because we form part of international treaties and African treaties. You, are for, you also have what you call your SDG goals, your sustainable developmental goals, all of that. And the sustainable development goals are a product of millennium. millennium if you remember, you, you speak about millennium, millennium 20, 2010. Post that, you've got those goals. All of that, you put them into an action plan. You take a manifesto of the ruling party, in this case, is the ANC. That must then guide us as DPME to build a framework. That framework, you then assist departments to say, this is what we want to do and achieve as government. And therefore, you then cascade them into clusters. Department of Transport, according to all of these things, all those, those four things that I've mentioned, this is what you must do. Rail infrastructure and so on. SOEs, this is what you must do. Public service, this is what you must do. That is our role. We coordinate and assist departments to be able to produce that. But beyond that, that's why we keep talking about frameworks. And, and, and South Africans need to understand, when we talk about frameworks, we talk about bills, bills of departments and frameworks of them working and us assessing them. They are a product of us looking at them every day through what I said that through frontline monitoring, we then look into them to ensure that they are able to, 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 to be able to do, to do their work. Now, it, is, it will be very incorrect to mislead South Africans that this department must not exist because you don't know what we're doing. If you see a department, you spoke about a lifestyle, uh, about public service servants who are doing business with the state. That lies with the Department of Public Service and Administration. How does it lie with them? It is us who we come to you and you say to us, Mara, there, there's a gap. When there's a gap, we, we build a framework. We also build a monitoring tool to monitor. And therefore, government continues to assess and correct itself. That is where, for example, we can safely tell South Africans today that if you're a public servant, you will not be able to do business. We're able to have a system which is going to track you. But that system does not lie with us. Our role is to say to the department, this is what you need to do. And therefore, when you are doing this, correct it this way. If South Africans today are talking about an electricity crisis, our role is at a policy level as DPME to say to them, we're going to benchmark and produce an outcome report and a, and a methodology which is going to guide you as an implementing department. Post us giving you that framework, we then come back to you and say, are you able to do this? And then we follow up with you on that. And, and, and DPME remains relevant. It remains correctly placed to be able to support the president and the deputy president in whatever they speak about. For example, right now we're speaking about an economic recovery plan. Our role as the DPME is to look, are you producing that report, all right? Are you, are you in line? When you adjust and you, you reconfigure your MTSF, which is the medium-term strategic framework, because of COVID, are you able to also then, because in, in October, President spoke about the, the economic recovery plan, are you able to then readjust and align it? Then we're also going to be monitoring you that you're able to align it. And where you do wrong, we're able to correct. DPME remains relevant because it assists government to do self-checks. And, 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 and that's why, for example, in the, in the speech, we spoke about the fact that 
we want to continue to ensure that the, 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 the National Planning Commission is in its last phase. It's an independent institution. Our role is to ensure that we, we start facilitating a process to ensure that we, 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 we deploy, or the president rather, not ourselves as the department, we deploy, um, uh, what do you call, uh, other commissioners, because the ones who are currently here, their time is coming to an end. That is our role as DPME. Now, the other issue is that for the first time, we have developed a framework where we are going to monitor the performance of SOEs as the Department of Planning, Monitoring and Evaluation. <clears throat> now, we hear the concerns that there are problems there and there and there. You must look at the department as a, as a, as a watchdog to ensure that our departments are able to perform. And even with DGs, we, we also assess them in the presidency to assess, to assess their performance. Uh, I, I I want to respond to all them. I've been writing everything that you were saying. I clarified on the minister. I'm sorry, chair. It's because I was writing. We coordinate that as a department, um, a colleague, okay. <laughs> I think I clarified it. I, I just wrote many things. For example, right now, we are monitoring and coordinating the rollout of vaccines as the Department of Planning, Monitoring and Evaluation. But you will only hear the report from the Department of Health, for example, or you will only hear the report from independent institutions. But even the plan which they are rolling out as the DPME, we're the ones with our experts within the department who are able to give them a monitoring tool to say, this is the plan which you can use. And then we internally follow up with it and then we monitor them. The only difference is that South Africans will not necessarily think that we are not doing anything because we are not a, 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 a service delivery department. So if, if, for example, I wake up and I go to a hospital and I find problems, I ask Department of Public Works, intervene. We ask uh, health, water, municipality, this is your competency, and then we write reports. And all of these reports, we continuously take them to cabinet. And we also ensure that we come back to the portfolio committee to come and report. And we, we, we trust and we know that South Africans are watching and they are looking. So it is, it is necessarily not correct that the department must not exist, that we are, we are irrelevant. We are, a, we are a planning and a policy department. Maybe what we need to do is that we are going to improve so that we can play to the gallery, keep talking to you and saying, hey, we have done this. We have, there is a monitoring framework. There is a whatever framework. But it's not necessarily how we operate because our role is to be a shambok to departments, give them a plan, also follow up on them and they communicate it. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Deputy Minister. Honorable Members, you are reminded that the debates on women, youth and persons with disabilities Budget vote and the Home Affairs budget vote will take place at 2 p.m. on the virtual platform. That concludes the debate and the business of this virtual mini plenary session. The mini plenary will now rise.